point in my life where I'm starting to finally feel happy again after all the tragedies and after life hit us. Yeah. We took a big hit. But you know, what's most important is the recovery. But it wasn't easy for us to recover. Like, we've been through some... We've been through a lot, like... Sure have, sure have. But, you know... And we still gonna we still go through a lot, and we're gonna continue to go through a lot. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a negative aspect or a positive aspect. It's just the experience. So you know, every day we wake up, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go through something. But it's the experience from it that makes us who we are. So hey everyone, it's Sadia Dior, and I'm back with my partner this week, GQ, and we are discussing how we are navigating. Hey guys our tragedy like we lost our baby boy prince dior may he heavenly rest in peace and we just really trying to get back on track like life has not been easy for us after his passing december 12 2021 yes 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 it's been very hard for us and you know dealing with life everyday life and knowing that you know we had plans on being better people better parents creating a better atmosphere not only just for ourselves but for other people as well you know and then to experience the loss of our child you know that was a major setback we struggled in the relationship I didn't know really much about grief because I had not experienced death in my family like I remember I believe my first my first loss was my aunt's son, and he was a newborn. I think I was around 13, 14. And then I had, like, neighborhood friends who passed away, but I never really connected to death, maybe because they were not a part of me, or I just was disconnected as a teen. So when his passing, it hit me hard, and I think it hit me harder because I carried him for nine months, and then I had to hold him while he took his last breath and I just like felt his soul leave his body but I never thought that men and women would differ in loss and I was just like it was really a scary time for us yes a very scary time and um might I add for me to experience death that's one of my most fears is to experience death and to be next to somebody I always said when I was younger that if I see a person and a person it's going to a funeral, then I look at them as bad luck. So if you were a little child and your father died, then I will always look at you as bad luck because somebody next to you has passed. Mm, that's the so, interesting outlook. So for me to feel that way about people and then finally one day have that experience, imagine how I feel now. I have to now rethink about all the things that I thought about other people and how I felt about them. And now I feel like I'm bad luck because I lost my son. Like, we went down some, we was going down some rough roads. You, you was using alcohol to the capacity where you crash your car. Like, I thought I was going to lose you, too. And that was a big fear for me. Like, I lost our baby. I'm losing my partner. I was just like, what is going on? I was just so angry. That was like my first stage of grief was anger. It wasn't even denial or any of that. It was just, I was just angry with everybody. And it really cost me my livelihood. Like I really got fired. And I was just like, 
like, yo, can life get any more like real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 most definite, you know. But what what we need to focus on, well, what I need to focus on is, you know, creating a better space mentally, physically, not only for myself, but for others. Because the one main saying is, if you're not happy, you can't make nobody else happy. But you're an amazing person if you're able to deal with adversity and still put a smile on somebody's face. So it's, it's never determined of how it's going to actually come out or which way the wind going to blow. It's just when it when it blows, you got to flow. I like that you said you want to create a space yeah. for yourself and then others. I feel like in the black community, we don't have safe spaces for men especially. It's always events catered to women. Men are human and have feelings and emotions too. But it's so messed up that from young, you guys had to deal with your mother, your father, this relative saying, oh, you can't cry. You that's not going to be a man. You were sissy being called. How are you being called names and belittled for how you feel? Like that is a human reaction. Crying. We cry for many different things. When we joyous, when we sad, when we feel overwhelmed, stressed, sometimes crying could actually prevent you from getting into trouble. I know for me, because it's either going to come out for me, I'm going to cry it out, and I'm going to sit down, or I'm going to lash out, and that lash out ain't going to be a good lash out, because it might, I might, I might touch people. Hand problem. That's how I was growing up for me. So how do we create safe spaces for men? Yeah, you know what? My mind was... Can you repeat that question? How can we create safe spaces for men? Well, to create a safe space for a man, me as myself, I'm a man. You just have to... Well, you don't... Nobody has to, but you have to understand people's ways of living. See, I play the living room because I'm not a bedroom person. So, basically, it's, I'm speaking in metaphor. Mm. You can't treat him like a bedroom nigga if he's a living room nigga. So, that's how you create his better space for him because you give him a space where he can create his own. Mm. We don't interrupt that space. See how you don't bother me while I'm in the living room. So, it's really no conflict. We get along so our relationship is 100% perfect. So, I guess it's just respect on both sides. Nothing is perfect. But I get well, not 100% what you're perfect, but we gotta allow as women, we gotta allow men to create their own safe spaces. Yeah, but as a woman, you know your man, you see his movements, you know how he moves. So you know certain things, you let him do, you let him roam around, whatever situation may be. As long as he feel like he ain't cluttered or he ain't in jail, he's a hundred, he, he's good. He'll feel safe. Yeah, he'll feel safe. I think a lot of times. Well, I know for me, my difficulty with dating was always being told that you want to be the man, you want to be in charge. That come with my upbringing. We as women have to feel safe as well. And our men, we need that from our men to make us feel more vulnerable so we can start operating in the more feminine energy. A lot of us, especially in this generation, we operating from the masculine energy. So how can we, like, like we got to learn how to bridge that gap. How can we feel safe in a relationship with one another? It's like pulling teeth now, dating, like, 
I don't think if I was in a relationship before COVID and me and you wasn't together, I don't think I would be um actively dating right now because the dating pools it seems like it got a lot of piss in it. <laughs> that's just yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Like, that's a fact. It's like you don't even want to look for nobody to date no more. Like it's like. Everybody kind of just out for themselves just out for and themselves. just get what they could get from you. Yeah. And it's like, mm-mm, I will pass on that. Like, a lot of... And that's crazy because you go on those websites and the people be so beautiful. But you always have to second guess them in your head. Like, ah, she looks so beautiful, she has a nice smile. Or he looks so beautiful, he has a nice smile. But when you think about, should I waste my time getting this Uber or drive my car to go meet this guy or meet this woman? And it turned out that she's not what I want or not nothing I expected you hearing the stories from Tinder where yeah. it's like that that person became a serial killer like oh what the <laughs> hell like so you just on social on media Tinder. dating site yeah you just killing people off like oh what the so as a woman now I gotta date for you gotta be mindful of your safety if the dude it's just it's too much and I really pray for this generation of single people I pray that they find someone to love them because it is not easy at all you see well understanding in a in a, in a relationship see everybody say i want a person who will keep it real with me who would tell me but what we don't tell our partners and what's very rare in a relationship is how we was treated while we was young how we was brought up see a person can have a nice smile a person could be beautiful but their their mentality of the way they was brought up in their background the things that you might do to your last boyfriend or anybody, you do, you do that to them, he might be able to snap and kill you. So, it's all about understanding the person's past. Once you understand how they was treated, how 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 they grew up, the, how they was talked to and everything, then you know how to treat a person. Then you know if your relationship with them is going to work. You always, see, I say, I don't listen to 50 Cent's new album. I go to his undercover tapes stuff that people don't listen to so I could really understand who he is. Mm-hmm. And then I go back to the present where you're all with this flashy shit and I'm like, alright, I'm able to respect you. But I get what you're saying because as a social worker, I often wondered like, when I first started like my journey in social work, I worked in a non-secure placement and then I became a um, case planner. So you get these narratives from ACS where these teenage boys where you get their background. Some of them were molested, some of them were sexually abused, uh, neglected, and everything. And I'm just like, and I think my daughter at the time was like, they're around similar age, 13, 14. So I'm like, yo, these young women are growing up to date these men who have, you have no idea that he was sexually assaulted and he peeing in the bed mm. because he's still getting those nightmares. Yeah. And how do you open that? So I thought, like, I want to be a therapist to kind of help them navigate because I understand what you're saying. Your childhood and your upbringing, it really, really attributes to your love life. Like, I grew up on survival. I don't really know what it is to be loved or grow up on love. So I couldn't date people who grew up on love. I don't know what it's like to date a man and understand well, your mom calls you 54 times and you have to cater to her and help her because I didn't grow up on it. So a part of me was like, yo, you're a mama's boy. Why is he labeled a mama's boy? Yeah, but uh, speaking speaking in both aspects of what you just said, uh, for one, you know, I'll go back to the way a person was brought up. You know, when times change, you can't use the way you was brought up all the time 
it's always signs and stuff that show you the way to go for that will make it beneficial for you. If you choose to ignore those signs, then you start to see where stuff starts to self-destruct for you. So it's not like we don't know which way to go. It's just that we ignore the things that we know is beneficial because we want to see more beneficial of what is telling us is beneficial. So if I put a dollar here, you say, fuck it, I want to see $20. I ain't moving until I see $20. you seen that dollar, so take that dollar and know that if you stay right there, more more dollars is going to pile up. But if it's over, it's kind of fucked up over here, but I get more money from over here, but it's less beneficial. So it's like that in any situation you're in a relationship, life aspect, school, you always go with what's beneficial for you. I think I never really went for beneficial relationships because a part of me didn't feel like I deserved them. And I don't know where that stemmed from. And I had to really work on, like, I work, I guess, majority of, I'm still working on this. Because when good things happen to me, I don't really believe that it's like, it's supposed to. And I think that had a lot to do with my childhood. But when you're an adult, you don't get to keep blaming, oh, your childhood, like you said, your childhood, your childhood, your childhood. Like, after a while, somebody gonna tell you, fuck your childhood. Like, you, 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 in, you in charge and now. Then you're just gonna be another person with childhood issues who's, who, who, who failed to, who failed to ignore the signs that if you study this pattern, I could slowly but surely get you past your, or make it, or help you cope with what you've been through. But, Unless you express that to people, people would never know that about you. True. That's why they say don't trust people. But if you if you don't trust nobody to open up to them, you always gonna feel that way, and then you always gonna have rage inside. Whether a person care what you have to say or not, if you feel like that's your your way to express to get something off your chest, let it go. Cause the more you hold it in, the more you the more you hurt yourself. It's like counterproductive, like what you just said. How are you teaching us to trust people, but then on the other hand, you're teaching us that you can't trust people? Like, as kids, we don't understand what the hell that is. Like, it's either we can trust you or we can't trust you. Like, and then you grow up with this mentality of now I can't trust nobody. So how do I become vulnerable with myself? See, that's see when 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 a person say trust, you put your chest in it. Mm. You could trust a nigga, but don't trust a nigga. See, when we say that word trust, we take every word that trust is a, is, a, is, a, is a sacred word. So when you say trust a person, so if you're chilling around me right now, but you don't trust me, you're still giving me some of your trust because right now at this instant, I could, come, you. I could do something to you. So you're giving me some, a trust in some form or fashion that you I'm trust. trusting that you won't harm me yeah. or you won't do yeah. something yeah. to yeah. me. So Correct. it's still some form of trust. So I'm giving you a little. But when you put that, that, that trust with your chest, you're giving them everything. Do people earn trust? Or do we just give it to them? Some days I just wake up and wonder why I'm here. I don't know where it come from or how you get it. I just know when you got it, you got it. That's God. That's God right there. That's right. That have to be gone. I... And me, I ride it like a surfboard, baby. I, I don't get over it. I'm scared. There's sharks in that water. <laughs> he say, go that way. I'm on this motherfucking surfboard. I'm going that way. Humans, we, we right now I gotta take a shit, but you think I'm gonna get off the surfboard? Hell no! So you just keep riding that way. I shit in that water. <laughs>
I do wish that more men would, well, I, I can't say I wish more men would, because I do start seeing that now a lot of men are coming forward via social media and they are expressing their feelings and things like that. Like, I came across a video where it was a guy, he's like saying he got seven baby moms by seven, you know, seven kids by seven different women. And the feedback was not great for him, but it's like, when do we start taking accountability for our own selves? Those women that lay with him, whether they knew up front or whatever it is, are to blame as well. Like, I had to learn how to stop being so naive too. Like, we gotta start doing, we as women, we gotta know our worth. I don't know, well, I do know. That comes from your mom and your dad. Your mom and your dad teach you. Because I see how I was raised and how I'm raising my daughter. And the, the stuff that I put up with, sis is not with none of that. Like, so we have, we got to, like, instill that in our kids. And as women, we set the tone for how men treat us. Men don't give up about your feelings. They care about their feelings. If a man don't want to do it and I had to learn it, he ain't doing it. You cannot convince a man to smash you if he ain't if he don't want to smash you. We as women be like, you know what? I'm a bargain with him. I let him smash. And I get pregnant. I'ma keep him. Men ain't some men think like that. If I if you know if if I get her pregnant, then I keep her. But most men on some, nah, they work, they do what works for them. Why women can't do that? She has a man too. I'm I'm soft like a zebra cake, so I can't really, you know, talk about when it comes to a female. I can't really talk about you know uh, other things as far as the treacherous, treacherous side as far as the relationship. But I will say this, you know, a woman's worth is definitely important to a man. You know, regardless of how either race feel or either gender, whether you bisexual, trisexual sickle section, I don't give a fuck what she is, but a woman will always reign, you know what I'm saying, because first of all, she gave birth to us, you know, so that's, that's, that's her crown right there, you know, so I, I respect women, I have my ways where I'm disrespectful and everything, but I also have my ways where I show women their, you know, utmost respect, so I think a man, yes, a woman's worth is very well respected and deserved, yes. So men kind of treat us basically on how we present ourselves. A man, well, from the niggas I've been with, they treat women the way they treat themselves. Mm. So a motherfucker, a motherfucker might like to drink, but he 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 like a girl that like to drink. So if she if she an alcoholic, that's his type. So you might see a fly nigga with a with a drunkie, but that's his that's his preference. Cause on the low he get drunk. Cause I always say, you know what? Cause that's right. People will look at the most attractive people and be like, why yeah, that like, person why? dating that person, they on Joe's, whatever. I had to learn. People don't date at the level of attraction. People date at the level of their self-esteem. Of self-esteem, yeah. Because I've seen a lot of girls that I, I would look down on and think that they're unattractive, and they look at me the same way. And I think I'm handsome. They look at my face and be like, you, I don't like that nigga. Because I remember when I was... I'm beautiful. Like, y'all see my pictures. Y'all see my videos on social media. You know, go check me out. Signature at Dior. Signature by Dior on TikTok, on Instagram. 
And I remember I was dating homeless, like like I was hopping trains. I'm sharing two dollar Chinese restaurants with a dude like yo, what's up, bro? Dollar like, fries. Like we like like my self-esteem was so broken, like I couldn't believe like now I can look back and laugh at it, but at that time it was no it laughing matter. You don't even got money to pay for the train, but you worried about a love life? That's a fact. You worried about love? Love. Don't pay no bills. On my mind. Like, that's crazy. Like, looking back, we have come a long way. And this generation of millennials, they know they worth. One one mishap, cut you off. Cut you off. (laughs) Cut you off. You ain't do cut you off. My boundaries, they set their boundaries, they set their standards. Like, I'm I'm here for it. I'm so glad that we had this conversation. I look forward to more conversations. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stay tuned for next week. Peace.